Welcome to Steve's Cottage with Steve Horner. Steve Horner, a former radio talk show host, helps spotlight the source of today's social chaos while offering practical solutions to the problems negatively affecting you and your family. And now, here's Steve. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and wonderful human beings of all races, gender, and ethnicities, and feelings, and so on and so forth. Welcome to Steve's Cottage. I am your host, Steve Horner. And uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. I want you to know, however, though, that this is such a different type of show that you're not going to hear these issues discussed in the way that I'm discussing them anywhere else on the planet. And I do it in a, um, I would say, a, an FCC-regulated fashion. You see, you can get any old hack on a podcast and go, F this, F this. That's because he or she lacks the uh, the skill and the uh, the vocabulary to articulate his or her thoughts, which uh, is, is meaningful to you and allows you to listen to the 25-minute broadcast and walk away and ponder and think and give you something to consider in protection of your life, your family, your society, your community, your country. And uh, these are the important issues of today. The, the race issues, the gender issues, the, um, the, the alphabet people, the uh, those the handicapped people, the Jewish people, the white people. It's all about uh, the the humanity of people. And in this form, this twenty five minute podcast with uh, with yours truly, um, you're going to see. Uh, well, let me put it this way. Now, back in Minneapolis, where I where I was raised, and um, and. Uh, uh, I busted ladies' night back in 1995, and last some earlier shows I was talking about that. And ladies' night, of course, is giving women preferential treatment based on their gender at bars and nightclubs, places of public accommodation, completely askew from what their pitch for equality says. I want equality over here, but when it's tits at the bar time, I want favors. I'm saying not on my watch. So anyhow, I did bust uh, ladies' night with the uh, with the black woman who was the uh, Minnesota Department of Human uh, of uh, Human Rights uh, senior uh, director, and um, and and caught her off uh, caught her off guard. So it took several years for this to finally worm its way through the process, and I was I was I was told, yeah, Mr. Horner is right. This is unfair. It's a violation of the 14th Amendment, and uh, I got a lot of grief from it. But I got a terrific amount of exposure all over the country. Comedy Central, CNN, Fox Radio, National TV, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, and, and, and all sorts of, of, of uh, interesting conversation in my home state of Minnesota. So... I was scheduled to be on the air one day with Barbara Carlson. Now, Barbara Carlson was married to Arnie Carlson, who was the governor. And he sent me a letter and he said, Steve, congratulations for pointing out the problem with today's education. And that is the teachers' unions. 
And I have that letter in my book on single parenting. Now I'm pleading with you, go to my website at stevehornerbooks.com, check out that uh, book on single parenting, and you'll see the letter, but you'll see so many other things that tell you about the uh, thrill of single parenting, but also the, the nature of single parenting. And if you think it's just about doing the wash and groceries and, and, and cooking meals, you're, you're totally wrong. You've got to get involved with society to keep your family safe, to keep that school safe and productive and it's in, and it involves your uh, uh, your hard work, your gutsiness because without you it's not going to work and we can see that around the country. Oh, and by the way, uh, Arnie Carlson also has another daughter. That's Gretchen Carlson, and she made off with millions of dollars by fining, uh, suing the uh, Fox News owner for harassment, you see. And then uh, uh, also the brother to Tucker Carlson. And he was just kind of starting his career then, and but still a voice for conservatism. And he sent me a letter congratulating me for busting Ladies Night because it was the right thing to do. And can you imagine, after all those years, Ladies Night was allowed to exist. Well, why is that? <laughs> Guys were getting lucky for getting the women drunk. I just was always the type of person who didn't need to get a woman drunk to uh, to find favor with her. Well, so when this producer was introducing me to Barbara Carlson, who ran this show on KSTP, where my father was the very first sports director back in when it, the station first signed on in 1947. Are you catching all this? There's a lot of good history. Uh, he was the first... Uh, uh, he was the first uh, uh, sports director, and this was one of the first television stations west of the Mississippi, KSTP. And you can see the history of it by just uh, Googling that. So Barbara Carlson said, I mean, the producer for Barbara Carlson uh, was uh, getting ready to introduce Steve Horner. And uh, he said uh, to Barbara, he said, now, Barbara... Uh, this is not one of your laid-down hosts. Uh, Steve is pretty tough steak. <laughs> That's what he told. And, uh, and, and I am. I am pretty tough steak. I remember, and, and you're probably wondering about this hat that I'm wearing and this shirt, kind of a military-oriented type of thing, was given to me by one of the uh, Army recruiters here in town when I was doing business with him, when I was doing some radio here in St. George, Utah. And uh, today I thought I would wear this hat just to uh, kind of gear into this conversation I want to touch on because uh, they had a certain name for this hat, Right now, you 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 know that on this show, I got to find my camera. There it is. You 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 know that on this uh, on this uh, program, the word "cunt" is an acronym. C U N N T can't understand normal period uh, normal normal thinking. Okay, C U N T C period U period N period T period. Women have their periods, but men have our exclamation points. See, we're a little bit more to the point, a lot more pragmatic. And uh, I think that's how we get the job done. 
instead of the sentimentalism of the women. But in the military, they, they had what was called, and you would wear this with your dress greens, you see. And for some reason, they called it a cunt cap. And, you know, I never could understand exactly the nature of why they called it a cunt cap. Maybe it's because it can't understand normal thinking. Or maybe it's because it... Oh, my God. That's bad. Maybe there's other reasons, too. But uh, the nature of this is that... It was part of the uniform I wore. When I got off the plane from Vietnam on my 21st birthday, November 12th, 1969, uh, 68, and I still had six months. Isn't that a good-looking fella? My mom and dad at the airport at Minneapolis-St. Paul International. Yeah, that's a good-looking shot, man. And I was so happy to be home. I had met a couple of gals on the plane. And because I was 21, they were buying me a couple of drinks. And, uh, and uh, then they bought me a great big oversized card uh, down at the gift shop as my mom and dad were walking with me. And where was the rest of my family? Oh, I don't know. They were busy that day, I guess. You know, Where was the girlfriend? I don't know. I guess she was somewhere else. But anyhow, uh, that's the way it goes. And I still had six months to serve in Vietnam. Some people would re-up, but not me. I was infantry, happy to get the hell out of that country with my life. So they sent me that back. Uh, they, they sent me to Fort Rucker, Alabama, which is on the southeastern corner of the state. And we did a variety of, uh, you know, menial type of things. But we had one basically important job, and that was burial detail. And, uh, and, 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 and we were an exception to the rule because we were the only infantry con- uh, uh, company on a, ba- on, on a helicopter learning fort, Fort Rucker. And so, uh, so we would go on burial detail in, in places uh, like southern Alabama. And these were mostly kids that were blown away in Vietnam and mostly black kids and northern Florida, and then uh, eastern Mississippi. And we'd get on the, the, the Greyhound bus. And I was uh, part of the color guard, you see? Second guy from left. There, there, there were two short guys, or, you know, we're, we're average size. We're just, we were near six foot there. But then we were with a couple of tall guys, and uh, we kind of looked odd. But, you know, we'd be flipping our rifles around, and we'd be uh, carrying the colors. And uh, it was quite an honor to do that. And I remember at these, at these uh, funerals, the women, the black women, would just go absolutely bananas, wailing, oh, my God! And then they'd fall desperately in the hands of and arms of others and just collapse. <laughs> And uh, I had never seen that before. And after seeing it for several times, there was a groundskeeper out at one of these uh, cemeteries. And he was a gnarly old white guy, and he'd been down there forever and raised in that area, you see. And uh, I said, uh, 
what do you think of that? I've never seen that before. The theatrics like that. He says it's it's all it's all a show. <laughs> he knew this culture. He grew up with it. Where his head was on racism or whatever, I don't know, but he grew up with it and he saw it daily and he says it's all theatrics. It's a show. And I thought about that over the years, and I thought, you know, as an altar boy, you know, in Catholic school growing up and being in the military and, you know, having a lot of friends and relatives and people die, and I, I, I've never seen white people do that. Never. Might have a few tears, you know. But uh, every time with black people, we'd be playing taps, and they just go, oh, well, I already did the uh, sound effects for you, and I'm not going to do it again. But never saw the white women do this. And, and, and now I'm reminded of my recent conversation with a woman named Cynthia. So let's talk about black theatrics, okay? Now, Cynthia is an officer with a group in Atlanta called a one, uh, 100 black women. So I emailed her and I told her I, what I thought about this Tyree uh, Nichols type of deal and, 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 and for these kids to uh, resist arrest and then ultimately get into trouble, but then find that they're being the victims and it's all upside down. And as soon as, and, and, and so when I emailed her, she called me back because I gave her my phone number. So we talked, and when, I, when she heard my perspective on this, she just was ragging on me out loud, real, really vociferous, and I couldn't get a word in. But you see, that's her theatrics, and that's what a lot of these people do to keep you at bay. And I remember it's a book that my brother George gave me back in the 70s, and it says, Win Through Intimidation. And I've had a lot of black people, and this is no lie, a lot of black people tell me, yeah, man, just get in their face and start yelling, and then they walk away and you win. <laughs> get it? That's winning through intimidation. And so I told this uh, Cynthia on the email, I said, well, that's probably why a lot of these men who knock you up leave. They can't stand being around your big mouth. Now today, ladies and gentlemen... My fine visitors to Steve's cottage. We've got these phony theatrics going on all the time. With the likes of Reverend Al Sharpton, you see, and Jesse Jackson. And uh, they're talking reparation and systemic and systemic racism. And uh, who sides with them, you see? Who sides with them? You got the white cunts. You can't understand normal thinking type. These are the sentimentalists that you see in all these protests and on TV with the blacks. You always got these whites, women. Why? They want to they profess to the world that I'm not racist, but you are. That's their thinking. So I guess they want to cleanse their conscience by hanging out with this crowd, even though, well, see, that's their sentimentalism. That's their sentimentalism. And that's the woman who's on the councils. That's who's running the schools. That's who's running the corrections. And that's who are the, 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 the single parents. 
And they've, they've inculcated this sick mentality in with a lot of sappy white guys. This show is called The Bitterman Report. That's the name of the new priest over at the Catholic Church where, in the community where I live. They call him Father Dave. He called me the other day. He says, you know, you are really, really harsh. You're mean. You're boisterous. You're, 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 race, you're racist. You're sexist. I said, where are you coming from? I know about your podcast. I've heard about you. I know, I know your type. And I said, well, Father, you see, I, I, I've been an altar boy, and, and my family has been with uh, you know, the Catholic Church ever since uh, Adam and Eve. And, and, and it's kind of unfair for you to be labeling me like, I know, I know. But you see, you just have a hard, hard soul. And I said, well... Finally, you know, and then he started yelling at me, you know, using the old intimidation thing. And I said, well, at least I'm not a pedophile, Father. And I'm telling you, a lot of these priests are. And I always, I always stood up for you guys because we had a bunch of priests come and go at Visitation Church when I was an altar boy. And I, I went through, I went from first grade through eighth grade. And these guys were helpers, nice guys. Mentors, not a hint of odd, weird behavior, not a hint. But these days, it's apparently different. And I stood up for this church thinking that the adversaries were only coming after them because of their anti-homosexual position and their anti-abortion, you see. But now they're pro-homosexual and 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 they're and and they're pro. Uh, let's see. I don't want to miss a, 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 a step here. And I told him that I believe that people were created equal. I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I'm just a piece of tough steak here. He says you are racist. You are sexist. You're 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 mean spirited. I said, haven't you ever heard of First Timothy chapter two verses five to eight, where it says that women should not be in places of public? Ah, I don't want to hear that. Okay, fine. So that's not convenient for you to hear, even though you claim to be a person who says the Bible is the word of God. And so then, and so, so then he hung up on me. See, and, and he's taken the lead from the head of the church now, Pope Francis, <clears throat> basically a socialist. And I've always been a believer in that this, that this was an extension of, of Christ's work here on earth. That he is that that he has proceeded. I mean that that he is uh, uh, um, uh, it, that that he has taken the the charge from Saint Peter and on down the line. But I re- I, I really don't believe that these people are truly descendants of Saint Peter anymore, and the, the the Catholic Church has a long history of schisms and breakdowns. Because it is a human organization, and we all make mistakes, and we all take different turns in the path where we shouldn't. So I think that's where we're at now. Because here's Pope Francis. He's talking to the people in Sudan. Respect 
and appreciate and honor every woman. Well, hell, how, how, how can you respect these women when they're out aborting their babies, committing big-time crime, are as much involved in jail and prison time as any man these days? Tattoos all over the body, big fat asses, using drugs, and talk like drunk sailors. I got a couple of women behind me that really kind of botch up my view of the Arizona Strip. Sometimes they'll get down there and they'll have some drinks. I mean, their, their language is MF, 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 MF. Well, that's fine if they think that they're, uh, you know, insulting me. Or uh, uh, bruising my ego. I'm a big man. You know, I'm a big guy. I don't give a damn what the hell they're saying. But that's the type of woman that this guy wants me to respect. There's no way. And look at the people who are offering the lousy upbringing to these Sudanese uh, women. It's the Sudanese mothers. Guess who's bringing up these punks in America who are running afoul of the law? It's the mothers. Guess who are on the court of law when these sob stories present themselves? It's the cunts that are the prosecutor, that are the defense. You see? And then with all of this white cunt sympathy going on, we, uh, and, and, and the blacks are ramping up their theatrics, we get the likes of the ambulance chasers like Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and then this other creeple, Ben Crump. He's the one that was able to get $27 million for the family of sleazeball George Floyd in Minneapolis. Because the cunts on the board, well, we just don't want to fight this, and we're sympathetic with this. And they fell in line with all the lies of these ambulance chasers. Is it beyond the pale of reason to believe that Ben Crump was somewhere behind the scene, took some of these council people who made this $27 million decision, and said, hey, let's go to lunch? You know, Susie and Sally, listen, I'm going to make 30% off whatever uh, the family gets here. 30% of $27 million is a big chunk of change. How about if you each get a million dollars and make sure that I get that money sent my way? Is that beyond the pale of reason? No. It's, it's really not. So now we got the same Ben Crump. Creating these theatrics in Memphis over this Tyree Nielsen, who is a punk who resisted arrest. And he's at the funeral with his arms, his hands folded, reverently looking toward heaven. What a showboat. And now he's back in Minneapolis and he's protecting this other troublemaker who was hanging out with rabid dogs. His cousin was a felon. They had guns in the house. The police stormed, came in. The guy was on the, on, on the couch, raised his gun to the cops, blown away. And Ben Crump, oh boy, he's got his hands folded to heaven because he's sympathetic and he knows he's got, and his back is covered by the sentimentalism of the white cunts. 
And that's, and, and he was the lawyer for George Floyd, Tyree Nielsen, and then also this other character in Minneapolis, and his name is Amer, Amerlock. Isn't that nice? Well, that's the uh, state of the, uh, that, that's the state of, uh, of uh, th- that's, the, that, that's the nature of this show. Tough steak. There's no anti-Semitism here. There's no misogynism here. There's no anti-alphabet people here. There's no, it's only pointing out bad behavior, which I think is forcing us to uh, separate our harmonious love and respect for each other and create nothing but divisiveness. Well, listen, this is Steve Horner saying, I'm so happy that you were able to come and join me here at the, at the cottage. And don't be shy. Go to stevehornerbooks.com and buy one of my books and show your love. Meanwhile, you stay on that rugged, less traveled path of life. It's a lot more fun. It provides better scenery and offers much, much more richer rewards. So in the meantime, thanks for joining me. And you take real good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us. Visit Steve's Cottage again with Steve Horner.